I am going to be doing the scripture reading today from Matthew 17, 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. So uh, here we have this, we're in this strange story, the transfiguration, the Greek word metamorpho, uh, which is the root of the word metamorphosis. I went through that in the children's sermon. That's, that's how cool we are. We teach our kids Greek, right, <laughs> in, the, in the thing. But, uh, and this strange story right in the middle of Matthew, kind of a lot of people have done a lot with it. It lends itself to a lot of wondering. Some have said that this story is here to connect the Old Testament with the New Testament, the new, the Old Covenant with the New, because you have Jesus standing here with the big, the heroes of the Old Testament of Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets, and then Jesus representing the Messiah who comes and brings it all together. Uh, some have suggested this is a giving of the new law, right? Uh, that you go up on a mountain, there's a lot of clouds involved, kind of reminds you of the giving of the Ten Commandments, right? Chuck Heston up there, except it's not Chuck Heston, it's Jesus, right? And they're uh, receiving uh, new pronouncements and things like that. Some have said that the story is here to solidify that Jesus is the Messiah, the, the, to, to our, you know, affirm who Jesus really is in the world. There, there is a, a, a story of Elijah appearing before the Messiah, and here he is up on the mountaintop, and, uh, and God makes the same pronouncement that was made at Jesus' baptism. This is my son in whom I am well pleased and listen to him. And uh, some have said that this uh, story here is to legitimate, legitimate the early church's claims of Jesus' deity, right? We have a deified Jesus transfigured into a glowing, glorified creature, of, uh, figure rather, uh, God pronouncing him God's son. You know. My friend, uh, some have suggested that this is kind of a mini second coming. You know, here's Jesus again, uh, kind of giving us a glimpse of what that second coming might look like. Uh, my friend Ned Parker in in Seattle is preaching this morning, and he was suggesting that perhaps this is the, uh, what this story is really about is a metaphor of how these three early disciples in this moment really came to see Jesus as Jesus really is. It was that, that moment when you've really come to, to know someone deeply as if, you know, and many of us can maybe think of that person in our life who, who there have been moments when you 
you look at them and you, you know them deeply and indeed you see the glory in them. And perhaps this is less about what Jesus is showing the disciples and perhaps what the disciples is telling us has been their experience of Jesus. And here was a moment when they really saw the glory of Jesus before them. I kind of like that. That's kind of cool. But uh, 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 Ned was preaching on that, so I didn't want to steal it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a different direction. But let's suffice it to say, there's a lot of different ideas going on here, and a lot of people have, have kind of gotten a lot out of this story. Here is Jesus. He picks three disciples, three of his favorites, you know, teacher's pets, uh, who, uh, who he pulls aside. And this has not been unusual for Jesus. He pulls people aside every once in a while, and he takes them. He ascends to the mountain. This is important in Matthew uh, there's nothing, mountains aren't just uh, obstacles to climb or things to go on a hike. When Matthew talks about mountains, he always is referring to something important. Important things in Matthew happen on the mountain. The Sermon on the Mount comes to mind, right? So it's, it's almost as if, again, like Moses going up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. In Matthew, whenever proclamations come from God, they go up on the mountain to receive them. It's uh, it's an important thing. Mount of Olives, uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, when they get there, is transfigured, is metamorphized into glory. And Moses and Elijah show up. Uh, you might be wondering why Moses and Elijah. We already said maybe it's the law and the prophets kind of being represented there. Um, there is a tradition. Of course, Elijah, if you read in Second uh, Kings, Elijah was... Uh, taken up but in a chariot. And so Elijah didn't die like you or I die or any of the other prophets died. Moses was, uh, or uh, Elijah was taken up. And in the same way, there's an extra biblical uh, story of Moses not actually dying but ascending to heaven and uh, being there. So perhaps there's something to be going on here that these are the two figures that didn't really die in, uh, in Jewish uh, uh, lore, and uh, perhaps that's why they show up. I prefer the the law and prophet idea that they tend to represent the wholeness of uh, the proclamations of God coming. And so uh, Peter, of course, sees this, and Peter's reaction is, you know, Jesus, it's good that we were here, Lord, and we can build a tent, a shrine, literally, is probably a, a, a sukkot in Hebrew, this, the tent, which reminds us of the tent in the tabernacle, or the, the tabernacle out in the wilderness. Uh, uh, as they wandered through the wilderness, the, the Holy of Holies was kept in a, in a tent, in a sukkot uh, in Hebrew. And, and everyone lived in these, in these uh, tents as they wandered through the wilderness. And Peter suggests building three booths for uh, Elijah, for Moses, and Jesus and to enshrine them there and just, and just stay there. And let's, let's just stay here and experience glory from now on. But then a voice from God comes out of the cloud and says to Peter, James, and John, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. And of course, they freak out and are scared and they fall to the ground. And in that moment, 
Jesus comes and touches him and says, come on guys, let's go home. And it's the same old beat up ragged Jesus that was there before. And so they descend from the mountain and on their way down, Jesus predicts his death and suggests that the Son of Man will rise from the dead. As complicated as this story is, I think, I think it really comes down, it, it, has me, it has me wondering as I think about our faith and as a metaphor for our faith looking at this, at this story about Jesus, it has me wondering, do we, do we prefer the glorified, shiny Jesus or do we prefer the kind of beat up, carpenter, human Jesus? Which one do we... Do we really like? I mean, do you really like the the kind of glossy, you know, uh, shiny Jesus ascended? Like this picture here that's dedicated to Clyde McKellar, uh, that is this glorified Christus Victor. We call him in in hoity-toity circles. This uh, this resurrected, glorified, shiny Jesus whom we can whom we can hold out there. You know, that shiny Jesus who's kind of way out there who does you know great big miracles uh who 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 holds who lives in heaven who is unobtainable untouchable sometimes i think we're like we're like peter we would like to have this this shiny jesus that we put in a shrine somewhere and we can visit on holidays right like christmas and Easter, just uh, you know, show up when our mom makes us uh, come, and we can worship that Jesus, and they, we can come and bring tribute to the deified Christ. We can arrange tour groups, really, and and have special sick and lame days that uh, come in, and folks maybe can touch the the Jesus and get healed or something. To that effect. I mean, sometimes I think the, 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 the temptation is to keep Jesus way out there where we, can, where we can't really know. Can we really know a Jesus who's, who's glorified in that way? Can we really know a Jesus who walks on water? Can we really know a Jesus who is, is so lofty and beyond reach, can we even say His name and not feel a sense of it's too, it's too big for me. It's too, I'm too unworthy. You know, I think sometimes I, I stand before this Jesus, I feel a little unworthy sometimes. Right? It's a temptation. I, re- I relate to, to uh, on the other hand, I kind of relate to Peter's and now, you know, thought on this is let's just stay here. Let's not face the rest of the world, right? Let's just, I'll build us a place and we'll, you know, a, a simple booth and we'll just stay here. And we can be in your presence and pretend that all that bull, that stuff going on down that mountain is not really there. And let's not deal I don't want to deal with Rome. I don't want to deal with the Jewish aristocracy. I don't want to deal with my family. I don't want to deal with my job. I don't want to deal with all the problems I'm having. I don't want to face 
the, my cancer or my problems. I don't want to face my money issues. I don't want to face having to, having to confront my, my parents. I don't, I don't want to face having to t- talk to my boss. I don't want to face it. Let's just stay here. And you be glorified and I'll worship you and we'll just pretend all of that is gone. Let's just do that. Peter says longingly, please, can't we just stay here? You know, it's like Lagoon, right? My kids don't ever want to go. Can't we just stay? They're locking up the place. We got to go home. (laughs) Can't we just stay? You know, do we prefer that? I mean, there's a part of us, I think, there's part of me that would prefer that Jesus. Just keep, you know, keep him way, way out there. And maybe if I worship enough, if I, if I come to church enough, if I do all the right stuff, maybe I can just go there too and be away from all of this heartbreak, and agony, and despair, and maybe just difficulty. Or do we, or do we like... Do we like the human Jesus? Many of you see this in my this is in my office. This is my this is the Jesus I wake I sit and and look at all day. Do we prefer this Jesus? His teeth are too straight for my taste even in this one. I think cuz they didn't have dental care back then, right? I mean it's it's I I think Jesus had crooked teeth. That's kind of my theory. But here you have Jesus the carpenter. Look at his worn out hands. Look at his beat up hands. He's just they're rough. They're 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 worn. He's you know he doesn't have the best hairdo going on, and he's got this scrappy beard. It's still better than Dennis's, I gotta say, which is taking. I don't know if you know this, but he's been trying to grow a beard for like a month and a half, and it's like tiny. Well, we'll keep working at it. <laughs> You're looking great, but anyway, so he's got this scrappy beard. He's looking crazy. You know, laughing. I mean, he's having a good time. He's, is this the Jesus we prefer? Because we have both of them here, right? They're both given to us. They go up the mountain and they get a glimpse of the, the Jesus that is glorified, that is deified, that is to be worshipped. And there needs to be some, there needs to be some sense of Something bigger and beyond ourselves. Some, that hope to hang on to. That thing that says, you know what, Jesus, that glowing, glorified Jesus is bigger than my problems and can handle all those things that uh, I, seem to, I seem to want to do. But Jesus resists this idea of kind of staying there. Jesus resists us dragging Him and keeping Him on the mountaintop. Jesus taps us on the shoulder and says, come down from here. He comes to the disciples and He reminds them that there is nothing in Him that you should fear. Because when they saw Jesus in His glory, they they were scared. They threw themselves down and worshipped. Jesus says, wait a minute, there's nothing in Me that you should be scared of. And He tells them to get up and He leads them down the mountain Jesus will not be relegated to just another idol. To just another thing to be, to be worshipped. Jesus must be dealt with as a living, vibrant member 
of our fellowship. The one to be listened to and the one who is still speaking, if I may steal from our UCC brothers and sisters. Jesus is not far away. If we, if we relegate Jesus to something, someone who's out there in glory, who may take us home someday, or may not, <laughs> depending on what we do, right? If we relegate Jesus to that, then that gets us out of a lot of dealing with our own stuff and the world we see around us. Jesus will not let us do that. I'm sorry. Jesus will not let us get out of doing the hard work of living out the kingdom of God as it was shared to us through Christ. It's hard work. And Jesus rolled up His sleeves and got dirty even to the point of dying on a cross in the hope that the world might be transformed, metamorphosed, transfigured into the Kingdom of God. The equitable commonwealth that Jesus lived for, died for, and rose from the dead for. We need to take with us the ragtag, ragamuffin Jesus. And we need to draw from His strength because it, the road forward is rugged and hard. But if anything, what Jesus says to us is, I'm going with you. I'm not staying up here on the mountain and sending you out. I'm going with you. And there is not one step you take in this journey that you do not take with Me. Where I will not be there with you. Giving you everything you need. Equipping you with what you need. The most wonderful gift of which is each other. Amen? Thank God we have each other as we walk this journey. And so today, I guess what I, what I want to leave you out of this story of the transfiguration the notion that Jesus calls us down from that mountain and puts us to work. But that Jesus comes with us and goes with us and stays with us. We can glory in that. Let us pray. Great and mighty God, the One who has glorified the Son who has lifted up Christ before us so that we might know that You are bigger than all of our problems, all of this brokenness in the world. And yet we claim that Jesus who comes down off the mountain and we claim that commissioning that comes with it that we might be a part of transforming this world into a better reflection of the equitable kingdom of God that You want for us and all of Your people. Help us as we struggle, even when we want to be up on that mountain with You. Help us to be in this world, changing, transforming it one person at a time. 
name of Christ, we pray. Amen.